0: You are listening to The Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.
1: I think it's awesome that you have such a great pastor that would stand in front of you and and share his heart and talk about the ideas of promotion and letting God promote you. And um, that's kind of rare. And it's you guys, I know you know that you have a great pastor, but... I just want to remind you that your good, good Heavenly Father has given you a good pastor and he cares about this church and cares about the promotion of this church and not just so you guys can say, hey, we're part of a cool church. That's a side effect, but so that the people that live out there, the people that go and party on the beach just down the road, the people that come by all the time, that, that they can experience the love of a good, good father as well. Um, and God's going to, he already is promoting you in this church so that you can be a light to those people. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to be part of it. Um, so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about lessons from the mountains. But first, I just want to kind of reintroduce myself. Uh, I'm Jeff Bassett. I came and spoke here a few years ago Had a mountaineering company that God gave us as a platform to work with people. June 8th, 2017. So just a few, just, just a few days over a year from today. I was walking with my wife and kids, and all of a sudden, in an instant, the entire ground was ripped out from underneath me. I found myself in a landslide. I knew that there was a about a 200-foot cliff to my right. I knew if I'd gone over that cliff, I would not be here. Um, so all, I mean, I can't even really give you vivid memories of it, but in a second, the mountain is going that way, and I'm doing everything I can to not go over that cliff. And then a second later, everything stopped, and I wo- and I kind of Realized I'm still alive, had the worst pain of my life. Um, I had dislocated my spine from my pelvis, broken my pubic symphys joint, which is the bottom of your pelvis, um, and it was the worst. (laughs) It was bad. So I dragged myself back to my wife and kids. Thankfully, they were a little bit down the trail from me. They dragged me down to the mud brick house that we were living in. I stayed there for two weeks, wondering if I was paralyzed or not, unable to control my bowels, unable to uh, do anything but scream at God. And say, God, I know you're powerful. I know you're in charge. I, don't, I know that you did this to me, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I, my theology was getting crazy, but I'm like, God, I know you're powerful. I know you put the stars in the heavens. I know that you hold the earth as if it's like a marble in your hand, and you care about us, and you knit us together in our mother's womb. But God, I really question if you're kind, because why would you do this to me? I've said yes to you my whole life, and in a second, everything gets ripped out from underneath me. And um, so that journey has been a year for me and I'm excited and confident to tell you that I, I did not lie when I sung you're a good, good father. He is a good father. He is kind. He loves us. The more I yelled at him, the more I was just, I'm done. The more that good, good father got in my face and said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Um, and he's good. He's ex- it's so this is going to be, uh, I hope not too heavy. I know with an intro like that, but um, I'm going to give you just a couple, a couple uh, lessons that I've learned along the journey. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. So, sweet. So, and I also, I think it's awesome that your pastor challenges you to live your purpose and that you guys are going through acts. That's really, really cool. And I hope that uh, today can be a way that you can have longevity in that living of your purpose, a way that it can't just be a flash in the pan. Man, the world has seen too much of, yeah, this is super cool, this is awesome, I feel great, oh, I feel terrible. Yeah, this is super cool, I feel awesome, I feel great, oh, I feel terrible. I'm going to go with my friends and party and hang out at the beach and worry about girls and it feels good, no, it feels terrible. I'm going to go over here and worry about success and grades and make sure I go to college, oh, it feels terrible. The world has seen too much of flash in the pan and then disappointment, flash in the pan, disappointment, flash in the pan, disappointment. And that is just, that just grinds souls straight to hell, right? Um, man, the church of Jesus Christ is called to be so much more than that Amen. and called to last. We're called to, man, you guys are in a cool, in a cool moment right now doing a building project. The church is growing, um, but God wants that to continue, to yes. go on and on and on. God doesn't want it just to be some quick, you know, that was a fun season. God wants churches to keep going. So I hope that these lessons that God will at least take one or two of them and put them deep in your heart, and uh, and we can do this thing for a long time. So we can put up the first one. The first one is don't let go. <laughs> when you're climbing, like I said, climb some of the biggest mountains in the world. The highest that I've been is 22,000 feet. It's a, a little mountain called Four Sisters Mountain in Sichuan province, and when you're on these big ice features and you're moving up, I promise you it's a bad idea to let go. Uh, but sometimes in life and sometimes in climbing, your mind will make all kinds of excuses for you. Your mind will say, I'm too tired, it's too cold, I don't want to do this, what am I doing? If I just let go, you know, my ice screw will probably hold me, and then my buddy will just lower me down and we'll just go you know, make hot chocolate and it'll be good. And You just start, and then as soon as you start thinking that way, you just, your muscles get weaker, everything just starts to fall apart, and it's really mental. in the mountains, your life and your mind will make great excuses for you. You'll be like, I'm too tired to fight this. I'm too tired to work on my marriage. I'm too tired to, to, you know, get my finances in order. I'm too tired to be a good employee. I'm too tired to get up early to do that thing that God's called me to do. I'm just, you know, I'm too tired. And if I'm honest, I've been doing it for too long. And I'm, you know, your mind just starts to say, you know what? I'm just going to let go. And that second that you make that choice to let go, I promise you, in the millisecond as you're falling and you're realizing it's going to be a factor to fall on an ice screw that you just put in, you're like, uh, probably should have just hung on, made it to the top, right? Don't let go. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary in doing well for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. And Second Colossians, or Second Chronicles, I'm sorry, it says, uh, but as for you, be strong. Do not give up. I'm speaking to myself but I also don't ever want my personal relationship with Jesus to get in the way of your personal relationship with Jesus. So I'm speaking to me when I say don't give up, but God's speaking to you as well. Don't give up, for your work will be rewarded. Keep going, guys. Uh, Number two, distractions can kill you. You can put that up there. There's a picture of me putting in an anchor. There's this awesome... uh, Looking down, it's about 60 meters, about 200 feet. Those little tiny dots there are other people waiting to come up this climb. There's a cascade waterfall that's about 5,000 feet of this cascade waterfall, and then this vertical uh, 200 feet of ice. And so, here is the most dangerous part of this mountain. Lots of people die right there, and the places they die are at the very bottom or at the very top. You know, like at the very top makes sense, right? You slip off and. That, that makes sense. But at the very bottom, what happens is people come up and they walk right up to the edge of the ice right here and they look up and they're distracted by the challenge. They're like, wow, that's really tall. It's all ice. And what happens is the people that are up there, we try really hard not to, but as you're climbing you're kicking down bits of ice and little bits turn into big bits and that person who's distracted looking at the challenge ends up getting ice in their face. And big chunks of stuff fall on them and they're so distracted by the challenge that they just stand in the most dangerous spot just looking at it. And then another place, I'm ashamed to tell you, this is me right here. You can see this carabiner right there is locked but not closed um, because I was distracted. (laughs) Someone snapped a picture of me. Thankfully brought that up later. But um, I get to the top, whoo, good. Glad to be done with that, right? Man, I get distracted by the celebration. Yeah, I'm good, I got this. I, I conquered that. And then when you put in your anchors or whatever, it's your very, very last step and you're in a super exposed place. And so I wanna just, something that I've learned from life and from climbing, but it's good for longevity is, Don't be distracted by the challenge. Don't be like, man, we got this huge building project. What are we going to do? Oh my goodness. It's so, don't just stand there in a vulnerable position. You know, God's called you to do something. You know, you're on mission to do this. And so get up on it and start going after it. Right. But then that day will come when you walk into that building and you're like celebration. Yeah. Woo. I'm praying that you don't say now, now's the time I don't need to be so intentional about my finances. Now's the time that we can just sit back, and because you'll make mistakes, and you won't last. And God has called us to be a church that lasts for eternity, right? That the gates of hell won't stop us. Um, so don't be distracted. I'm going to pray with you guys that we're not distracted. Can we pray? Lord, thank you so much for this day. Jesus, give us supernatural focus and confidence. Jesus, in the face of great challenge, give us confidence in, in uh, humility in our accomplishments, God. We love you in your holy and powerful name Jesus. Keep us focused not just in service God, but in our lives. In your holy name we pray, Amen. Amen. All right, you can go to the next one. Number 3, Screaming Barfies Don't Last Forever. <laughs> As they're like, yeah, this is like ice my ice climbing friend back there smiling. Screaming Barfies happen when you're climbing like this and it's cold and all the blood in your body rushes down your arms and you're just, your hands go numb, but you don't care, because you've shut your brain off, and you're just keeping moving up the mountain, right, and you're doing this, and doing this, and then then you get to the top, and you're like, oh man, and all the blood leaves your organs, I shouldn't say all, but a bunch of blood leaves your organs, and goes into your freezing cold extremities, and uh, a one pro climber said, if you're not screaming and dry heaving, then it's not the screaming barfies. You will, you will, start to dry heave and just feel like your arms are being cut off you and that fire is running down your, brain, your veins. And it's terrible, and you feel like you're dying. But veteran ice climbers will say, sit down and leave us alone. Scream and do whatever you need to do. It's not going to last forever. And you, the first time this happened to me, I'm like, but you don't understand. I'm, I feel like I'm, you why won't anybody help me? I'm like, right, this is what I'm doing. Then about, like a, about five minutes later, I'm like, hey, like, you guys were right. Let's do it again, <laughs> right? Um, screaming barfies don't last forever. Uh, Psalms 30 says, you uh, turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and, turned, uh, and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praise and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. I don't say this as a person who hasn't been through some stuff. When I was 12 years old, I walked in on my mom trying to kill herself. She had cancer four different times. She actually came and spoke here. This, yeah, so uh, you can see God's good through it. But um, I've been through some stuff. Said I tried my best to say yes to God for everything. Uh, and God really rocked me when, <coughs> I'm ashamed to say, when it affected me when I was like, I can't walk, I can't go to the bathroom, my nine-year-old daughter has to change my diaper, we don't even have diapers in there, we had, you know, had to make our own, and I everybody's forgotten about me. So that's an experience I've been through, and I can tell you Psalms 30 is true. He's turned my wailing into dancing. He's removed my sackcloth and changed my diaper and clothed me with joy, right? He's. T- I'm just trying to, I don't ever want to, be fake in church. I'm trying to cut through. If there's anyone here that feels like, you know what, I've been through some stuff. I'm just trying to let you know that I, I haven't been through what you've been through, but I've been through some stuff too. And I can til- still tell you that God is a good father. He <laughs> loves us. Amen. Um, Amen. Romans 5, verse 5. is my favorite verse. It's easy to memorize. Hope will not put you to shame. Hope will not put us to shame. We can hope in Jesus, right? We can hope in that. I know that might sound like you've heard it a bunch of times, but when you're in the middle of the screaming barfy moments, I'm promising you that hope will not put you to shame. It won't last forever. So I wrote down father, son, mother, daughter, in climbing and in life, screaming barfies don't last forever. Scream if you have to, but I promise you, your joy and sunrise will come in the morning. All right, verse four or uh whatever number four on there i'm sorry not versus find ways to rest in a in a sport that is full of um all kinds of like bravery and going after it and superhuman endurance and all this kind of stuff the best climbers that i've ever climbed with are ones that find ways to rest in any environment um ones that that say, you know what, it's time for me to rest. I need to I need to set up my portal edge in the middle of it. Like, that's not, would anyone get a good night's sleep <laughs> on, on that, right? I've been in, like, 80-mile-an-hour winds, zero visibility, or, you know, if you put your hand out like this, you can't see it. Uh, and hurricane conditions, negative 40 ambient temperature, even worse than that in the wind. and And some of the best climbers I've been with are in the middle of that. I'm like, we're going to get blown off this mountain. And they're like, it doesn't really matter, you might as well sleep (laughs) because even if we do, you're going to need some energy, right? Um, So rest. It's never a good time. It's never a good time to go on vacation. I've learned it's kind of, it's never convenient to have a lunch break. It's never convenient to go on a date with your wife. It's fun. It's awesome. But there's always things that can uh, fight for that time, you're, you're never gonna have everything all perfect and you're like, okay, now it's time to be a good dad because I have all of this stuff sorted out. Those things are always gonna compete with each other. They're always gonna be kind of going at the same time. But learning how to rest, learning how to take a lunch break, learning how to have a day off, learning how to uh, go on vacation with your family, even if the finances aren't there, learning how, you guys live where we go on vacation. So you can just literally walk and for free, you can go where my wife and I are like, man, I wish one day we could get to Muskegon <laughs> and get out there. And, um, so take advantage of that. In First Kings 19, um, you guys, you don't have to go there, First Kings 18 and 19, I'm going to talk about this story, there's uh, this guy named Elijah, and he calls down fire. There's 450 prophets and uh, of Baal, and he calls down fire and has this great victory. Up until this moment, those prophets and this uh, this lady had been going around and killing all the people of God, but Elijah stands up, and now he has this decisive victory for the people of God, and it's this awesome story. Anyone know what I'm talking about, right? 1 Kings chapter 18, if you want a refresher, you can go back there and check it out. It's an awesome story. But, so he has this great victory. He outruns the chariot. God does all these miracles. But there's this lady named Jezebel, and Jezebel says, you know what? You killed my 400 prophets. They were all, they ate at my table. They were my servants, and, not, and you've killed them. And so she sends word to Elijah, and she says, if I don't kill you in the next 24 hours, I will kill myself. So Elijah freaks out, right? He says he, it, the Bible says he ran into the wilderness. He spent a, uh, an entire day running into the wilderness. Yeah, he's having a screaming barfies moment. I think of all days to talk about how Elijah took on 400 men, but one angry woman made him run. <laughs> Father's Day might be the day to talk about, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I won't go there, but so he runs out. He's there, we can read in uh, uh, verse, chapter 19. It says, Elijah was afraid, so he ran for his life when he came to uh, Beersheba in Judah, where he left his servant there while uh, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He's alone. He came to the broom bush, he sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said, Take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. How many think he was tired? Yeah. He ran for a day, just had all this other miraculous stuff happen. So all at once an angel touched him and said, now when angels show up in the Bible, they usually do miraculous things, right? They open the mouths of lions, they let the prisoners out of, out of jail, they, they rescue people from the fiery furnace, they're doing all these miraculous, supernatural things in the Bible. But this angel that showed up to Elijah did something very natural. Tapped him on the shoulder, and it said that the angel said, hey, get up and eat. He looked around, and by his head, there was some bread baking on the hot coals. There was a jar of water. He ate and drank, and he lay down again. Then verse six or verse seven, the angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him, and said, get up and eat, for the journey's too long. Sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is take a lunch break, go on a date with our wife, hang out with our kids, take a nap at the men's retreat, right? That sometimes that's the most spiritual thing we can do. The Bible says that after this, he uh, got up and now had energy to go on a 40-day journey to his next assignment. He needed to rest, right? We want to last a long time. We want the church to go on, not just be a flash in the pan. God is calling us to do exciting. Uh, God is calling us to climb big mountains, to do exciting things, to, to sacrifice in big ways, but God's also calling us to rest. If you can go to the next slide. A bunch of little non-epic steps add up. That's my word of the Lord to you today, is that a bunch of little non-epic steps add up. I think it's pretty epic that someone said, hey, I'm not going to put mulch on my house. I'm going to put that towards souls. I'm going to, I'm going to put that towards putting a beacon that's going to last forever in this area. Uh, I'm going to put it towards the church of Jesus Christ instead of mulch that's going to literally rot in like six months. I'm going to put it to something that's going to last forever. And uh, I think that's pretty epic. But at the same time, whoever that person is might think that's just mulch, right? Just one, just one step. Maybe someone's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to skip lunch or, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give a few extra percent to the build, whatever it is, right? Just You're just taking these little steps. Those little non-epic steps add up to the, to the summit moments of our life. You can go to the next slide. There's a thing called a rest step. There's a picture that I took on Haba Mountain. It's about 17,000 feet right here. A rest step is where you step up and you lock your back leg and you use the bones that God gave you to rest your muscles. So you lock in and you, and then you take the next step. And as I do this, if we go together, even if it's like sleeping bear sand dunes, if we go up there and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna run up sleeping bear sand dunes. (laughs) You're gonna get halfway and you're gonna be like, oh man, my legs are tired and I'm gonna be same pace. Doing all right, man, I'm doing good, right? (laughs) Little non-epic steps get us to the top, uh, get us to the great summits. You can go to the next slide. Strength does not equal success. If anything, uh, a humble spirit and clear, sober-minded assessment of my limitations and your limitations is actually the indicator for people that are going to stand on the top of the world. It's not, I got this, I'm good, I used to run track in high school, I could throw a football over those mountains. Right? It, those people are always the people that end up not doing well in the end. There's plenty of times that I've suited up with people and I've thought, man, I'm the least in shape of this group. I've climbed with marathon runners, I've climbed with bodybuilders, I've climbed with all kinds of different athletes, and I've thought, man, i probably, these guys are going to crush me. Then we get to about 16, 17, 18,000 feet, and they're dying, they're dying, literally. They're like, they, they just raced up the mountain, their lungs aren't doing well, they're and we have to come back down because they overestimated their strength and underestimated the challenge, Proverbs 16, 18 says pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. Uh, Psalms 20 says some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. When you're going through your screaming barfee's moments, there's only a few places, really one, that is firm enough for you to stand on, uh, and that's Jesus, right? All right, we can go to the next one. There's this uh, young girl, she's 11 years old. Uh, she's a pro climber. I climb about a V6, maybe V5, V6. She climbs V13. I know that doesn't mean anything to you guys, but, but it's incredible. One of the best climbers in the world. I promise you that I can uh, beat her in an arm wrestle. If I need to, I could like throw her across the room. <laughs> if we, right, she's like, I'm stronger in almost every way than her. But somehow she's figured out how to climb way better than I, I can. And it's not because she's the strongest. It's because she uses technique and um, she trusts in the things that, she's, that she needs to trust in as a climber. Where I trust in my own muscles and try to do a chin-up contest with people. But instead, she locks her arms and does these different strategies and she's really good at it. So that's just, again, to illustrate that strength does not always equal success, especially in climbing and even more, especially in life. Um, You can go to the next one. Have a plan. There's a route of uh, a rock face there, kind of looks like an engineer went to town on it. Every little crack, every little detail, when you talk to trad climbers where they're putting in protection as they go up, they're like, it's a number two with a six millimeter here. And then after the six millimeter, there's a 7.8 millimeter number four that goes there. And there's like a purple lock that goes there. And we're gonna do a chicken head here. There's all these different ways of conquering the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. When you talk to high altitude climbers like me, we know what, where we're gonna stop, how high we're gonna go. We're gonna come back down, how we're gonna acclimatize, what our, what our uh, plans are gonna be. There's, like I said, a picture of me in the orange there talking with some monks that know a mountain that we were about to climb and uh, making a plan. Dig in aggressively. Search for what God's plan is in your life. Go after, what's my prayer life going to look like? What's my giving going to look like? What's my fatherhood going to look like? What's, what, so having a plan, it makes a difference for sure. If you want to succeed in this thing, have a plan. Number eight, you can go on. Have fun. It's hard to see in this picture, but this big, white, tired-looking guy in the orange helmet in the back, that's me. (laughs) This guy with the beer gut, I don't condone it, but this is like one of the few pictures I have of him not smoking. He just chain smokes all the time. Uh, When I climbed with him, he was not one of the people that I thought was in better shape than me. I thought, I got this. He's like, got this big gut. He's like, we're going to go up the mountain, right? He walks like this all the time but he's smiling all the time. Yeah. And he's an incredibly strong climber. Yeah. And I think it's because of his joy, right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. It's all kinds of uh, Bible verses about that. Have fun. Dig in. I know up until now, it's, been ki- it's felt like kind of a heavy uh, message or points to you, but I want to just pray real quick that we have the joy of the Lord, that look at all of what God's given us, look at the blessings he's given us. On Father's Day, maybe whatever this situation is with your father, but if you're a father or a father figure in someone's life, God's blessed you with that position, and that's exciting, and so I want to pray with you guys. Lord, thank you so much. Jesus, you've blessed us, you love us, and you have given us the position of father, those of us that uh, are father figures in people's lives, and and everybody in this room, you've given us a great church family, you've given us great, great friends, and Lord, thank you. I pray that we have joy from that in your holy name. Amen. 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 All right, number nine, always stay tied in, and you can come up if you want. Um, when I uh, broke my back, messed up my pelvis, and I was like, I wanted to, I wanted to untie myself. I wanted to be like, you know what? I've signed up to climb this thing. I'm good. I'm just going to do it myself. I don't want to stay tied in anymore. Um, I want to read a story about some mistakes that uh, a guy named Eric Lewis made uh, climbing on a, actually Mount Rainier here in America. I climbed with uh, the American Mountaineering Association and some different guides out on Rainier, and we talked about this story. And, um, so on the morning of July 1, It'd be just like, I think about eight years ago from this July one, but Eric Lewis went missing when his climbing companions discovered that he had unclipped from the climbing rope and disappeared. A three-man team was ascending the Gibraltar ridges and uh, encountered high winds and low visibility. The climber in lead, Don S stopped and was joined by the second climber on the rope, which was Trevor Trevor Lane at 13,900 feet. So they're about a thousand feet from the summit as they waited for lewis to join them they discovered only a coil with a butterfly knot at the end of the rope and they had caught glimpses of lewis on the rope just moments before and immediately searched the slope below below them but never found him climbing ranger tom Payne and two mountain guides climbed rapidly from camp muir to the summit looking for lewis late thursday on july 1st afternoon Uh, arriving to the summit vicinity at 8 p.m. They searched, looked for Lewis, any signs of his presence, but without any results. The search team returned to Camp Muir at 10 p.m. Meanwhile, additional resources were sent up to Camp Muir Thursday afternoon to provide additional searchers and support personnel. On Friday, the next day, the search expanded. More than 50 personnel involved. Ground searches included national park services, rangers, guides, uh, Rainier Mountain Guides, uh, Alpine Ascents International, International Mountain Guides—all these different companies, all these different people, come in to find this person who had unclipped, as well as volunteers from mountain rescue, park rangers aboard a Chinook helicopter, all from Fort Lewis, and uh, contract hel- helicopters from Northwest Helicopters searched from I- from the air. All of that was located. Uh, all that was located was a climber's backpack containing a harness, shovel, a full but frozen water bottle. So this climber had literally said, you know what, I'm done with climbing. I take my harness off, take my backpack off. I'm, just gonna, I'm done with it. And then almost at the summit of this mountain in the middle of a storm. Part of me says, man, that's so stupid. Why would you do that? But the part of me that's lived life, the part of me that got an email that stabbed me, the part of me that everything blew up in my face, I, I kind of get it. I'm like, you know what, the storm is too great I'm hurting people. I'm, I don't. I don't want to. You know, Satan comes and lies and says nobody cares about you. It'd be better if you just. It'd be. It'd be. You know, more noble if you just. And and we sometimes believe those lies and we just want to unclip and walk away, right? So there's another search team climbed and scoured the entire Gibraltar Ridge route, along with the Upper Nisqually and Ingram glaciers. A third search team. Uh, uh, Continued efforts on the west side of the East Crater Rim, looking in the steam caves. Yet another search team, uh, consisting of park rangers, climbed up over the Ames route and thoroughly searched the summit rim steam caves. Every time you hear steam caves at at, uh, Rainier, that's danger. Other people put themselves in major danger to to search these caves that are constantly having chunks of ice break off them. Looking in the steam caves and uh, yet another search team Search the Disappointment Cleaver route. On the third day of the search, the search continued. Having searched all uh, I- the area extensively, they went back over it again. Weather models for what the would be the fourth day indicated that severe weather was coming, and so they called off the search. And the analysis is, weather conditions had a lot to do with the incident, but the most significant tr- contributing factor we'll probably never know The climber who unclipped from his partner's rope did so in very severe weather and for no reason. Man, don't unclip. For someone that, I have a rope here to help illustrate this. There's these butterfly knots like this right here. So when I'm climbing, if I'm climbing, I'll coil some of this so I have extra rope to rescue other people if they go in. But then I'll come to one of these and I'll clip myself in and then everybody else is clipped in on theirs and we climb together and one person falls in and it's really no big deal. I've had people fall into glaciers before and everybody goes into self-arrest and we kick buckets with our feet. And we're like, are you good? Are you good? And, and thankfully, I've never been the person dangling, but the person dangling is like, I feel a little bit exposed. There's like deep blue below me. The only thing that's holding me is this rope and your feet. And we're like, hang in there. We're gonna pull you out, and we pull them out, and we're like, woo, yeah, let's keep going. It's literally what happens. All of that hinges on this, and then a carabiner into your harness. If that's not there, there's absolutely nothing that we can do. That person, whew, they fall into the abyss. So this guy decided, I don't know, it's tired, they're tired, it's windy, I'm slow. maybe one thing that kind of climbers talk about is if I'm not going at your pace, you're walking along and the person belo- behind you is too slow, so you're like, uh, and then you're pulling, it, you're like, come on, hurry up, come on, come on, hurry up. So I don't know if there was that kind of, this guy was like, you know what, I, I'm slowing them down, I'm just going to unclip. I don't know what the mental game that Satan was playing with him was, but the end result was he said, you know what, I'm done with church, I'm done with going, you know it's not really my thing, it's not, I, I'm done with, I don't, if, if that pastor talks about the building program one more time, they ask me to go on something one more time. I'm just, I'm kind of done with it. I have my own storm going on right now, and I, I just, am, I'm finished with it. I beg you, don't unclip. If you're hanging in the glacier, we can help you. Everybody around here is tied in with you. But when you unclip, there's not much we can do. Um, so we'll come rescue you. That's, that's the that's the gospel over the mountaineering, is Jesus, we're all down in the bottom of the crevasse, right? We're all unclipped, we're all sinners, we all fell, we're all, we're going straight to hell. And uh, Jesus came down and rescued us. But don't throw that rescue away by being like, hey, I'm, you know, I'd rather go back down. Don't unclip. Hey, so what I want to do, if there's anyone or everyone that's here that would identify as a father figure, we're going to get active for a second. If you guys can just stand up, we're going to come, we're going to pray. Anyone that's Identifies as a father figure. I don't know if we have enough knots here, but we're just going to throw this around. If everyone can, everyone that is in that category, you can hop up and grab one of these butterfly knots and run this down wherever. I'm not trying to make anyone feel uncomfortable. Yeah, we can bring this down here if it's easier. If anyone, you can grab onto there. Sweets, if you can't uh, find a knot, you can grab onto the rope. Yes, thank you. We can tie another one real quick if anyone, but we're all right. All right, so I want to—I want you guys all who don't identify as father figures to pray for them um, on this day. I think it's awesome that God sets on our calendar that we would pray for the leaders of our household that we would pray um, for those of us that identify as father figures here's the big secret we don't have it figured out we're not i'm not like i'm a father i know exactly the plan for my family it's so easy no i'm daily like i don't know what i'm doing andrea i I, you be the dad it's hard right um so please pray for me and pray for us as fathers but here's the big secret to us dads. God supernaturally empowers us for the role that he's given us. And even though we're not necessarily qualified in our own flesh, we're not the strongest, but it's, it's great because strength doesn't equal success, right? Putting our foundation on Jesus is what equals success and not unclipping. So I hope that you guys don't think this is too cheesy, but I really want you to remember it. Of all of the things that we talked about, the biggest one I want you to remember is don't unclip and that you're, you're tied in with a bunch of brothers that love you. So I'm going to pray. Would you guys, uh, if you want, extend a hand to them or we're going to pray for them. Lord, thank you so much that you've made us fathers. Jesus, we love you. I pray for you, brother. You've had times where you feel like you might want to unclip Jesus. I pray that they will have a powerful revelation of how much you love them. God, I pray that angels would come and jump on this rope on either side of us that ministering spirits would come and tap us on the shoulder and say eat, that they'd give us rest when we need rest, that they'd give us wisdom when we need wisdom. Lord, we love you. I pray against the lies of the enemy that would trick us into thinking it's noble to unclip or it's better to unclip. God, I, I, I pray that you would knit us together, that you would make us strong as a church family. In your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen.
0: Awesome. Guys, i want to hang out just for a second here. The mantle that's on a father is so significant. I want us to think about one of these. Let's just buzz through those real quick. It started off. Uh, can we get back to the first one there? Don't let go. Come on, let's say that together. Don't let go. Number two, distractions can kill you distractions can kill you don't let distractions kill you guys screaming barfies all right we got a new context never heard of that before but i love it find ways to rest maybe that's a word from the lord for you find a way to rest make space do that number next one a bunch of little non-epic steps add up it's the little things doing the right thing over time consistently makes the way Maybe that's the word of the Lord. Strength does not equal success. Love that. Number seven, uh, have a plan. Maybe God's calling you to put a plan together. Number eight, have fun. Come on. I mean, I love that. And then last one, stay tied in. Never let go. Love that. Love it. Love it. And I just want to just challenge the dads and each and every person that's here. We are called for this time to be the men of God. That he's that that God has called us to be. Let's do it. <laughs> Jeff, you are uh and you take adventure to another level. All right. I tell a lot of stories. Um, you've got better stories, I'll just say. But uh, but uh, but no matter if we're climbing mountains or we're climbing roofs or we're cleaning toilets or we're making tacos or whatever we might be doing, mowing lawns, whatever it is working on nuclear power plants or working on the church, right? we got some mappers here. Uh, God, he's good. And so I'm going to just pray a prayer of benediction, uh, and, uh, and then let's go enjoy some root beer outside together. Lord, I just pray that you would just strengthen us in this moment for the task at hand. And Lord, help us to take a nugget, one of these things or two of these things, and help it, Lord, to sink down deep inside of us. We thank you for this. And, God, I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Let's stand. Let's uh, As we exit, greet one another and enjoy a root beer on the Gateway Church. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.